Glad you guys are here. Glad you're joining us online. For those of you who don't know, my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are in week two of our current sermon series. We are calling Christmas playlist, and, and, and our hope is that we're taking a uh, Christmas carol that we're all super familiar with, and we're taking a moment to actually look at the words. Because you see, I, I don't know about you, but what I found is that a lot of times I just sing the songs. There's a certain uh, beat to them, and there's a certain sound that's iconic to Christmas carols, and they just come on and I start singing them. And a lot of times they become so rote, I've quit actually listening to the words that I'm singing. And so our hope is that you might listen to the words afresh, and that maybe next time you sing it in the weeks to come or in the years to come, that it might actually draw you a little bit into worship as we ponder the words that we're, that we're singing. But before we do, uh, last week we looked at a holy night. This week we're going to be looking at a, a goodie uh, you just saw in our little sermon bumper deal thing. But before we do, a uh, thing I want to connect with you about is Xmas at MCC. So Xmas at MCC is going to be, for those who join us in person, it's going to be December 23rd and 24th. And you can join in person. You can find all kinds of information about it at Xmas at MCC, including why, which I will not mention to to you, I will not answer, including why we call it Xmas and we're not just absolute heretics who've abandoned the gospel. So you can look that up there, but also you can go to mymcc.cc slash RSVP if you want to register to join us in person. We're going to have five services, and, and here's the deal. Because we are wanting to continue to stay in accordance with the current regulations, space is going to be pretty limited. So if you are going to join us in person and you are able to, we would ask that you would try and prioritize joining us on the 23rd. We want to we leave as much of the little bit of space we have for in person for those who don't normally go to church and, um, you know, with the year and with the season feel like they want some sort of normalcy and so they show up and we can have the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with them. Um, if you're not going to make it to join us in person, whether you're not comfortable being here in person or you're not going to be in the area, you can join us live on Online on December 24th, and we're going to have some uh, special, unique online content as well. And most of all, most importantly, the reason that you're so excited about it, I know the reason you're so excited about it is because it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be, uh, we just, you know, it's going to be, I adamantly believe we should be the biggest celebrators of Christmas. And so we, we go big and it's going to be stupid. And uh, I'll give you a little teaser. This year, I am not going to be the one wearing the most ridiculous outfit on the stage, which is normal, the scenario. Uh, it'll be someone different. But um, hey, so we are continuing... Um, with this series. And this week, we are looking at O Come All Ye Faithful. Uh, here's the deal. Here's some things you may not know about it. Um, o Come All Ye Faithful actually has eight verses. Eight <laughs> verses. Eight verses. Um, the first four verses are the most iconic verses, and we don't actually even know who wrote the first four verses. Uh, we have a pretty good suspicion that the first four verses were probably penned in the 1600s, right? For those math majors out there, that's 400 years ago, 400 years ago. But we're not even sure of that. It could have been written as far back as the 1300s 
right? We have a pretty good suspicion that it came out of Portugal, but other than that, we don't really know anything about it. He, here's one of my favorite traditions about how this story came to, this song came to be that it is, and, and I'll tell you why it's my favorite in a minute. But um, there, there's one story that um, it was actually written by an anonymous monk that was part of what's called the Cistercian Order, which is a Catholic order of um, uh, priests in, in a remote village in Portugal, and that it was later put to music by King John IV of Portugal, and that that's the song that we have that became popular. He, here's why I, like that, why I like that story. It may or may not be true. Nobody really knows. Here's why I like that story. Because it's a reminder to me that the things that you do in life have impact in generations to come. Because you see, an anonymous monk penned the words that animate some of our celebration every Christmas. We'll never know his name. He probably died never knowing the impact that these words that he penned had. And it's just a reminder to me that not only into eternity, but into generations to come in this life, your life has the ability to have impact, even if nobody ever knows your name. Uh, but that's not really what the sermon's about. That's just for free. Here we go. Um, oh, hey, by the way, hey, uh, if you're joining us online, man, uh, I'm glad you're joining us. Uh, I, I peeked on a little bit earlier, you know, and I, and I saw, uh, you know, Tana. I saw you're, you're, you're on and Dave and Kaylee and Chris and Eileen. Oh, the Bailey clan. I don't know exactly uh, all who's watching, but um, whoever it is that's 75% done with Christmas shopping. I don't know how many of us, how many of you guys are more than 75% done with Christmas shopping. In the room? Okay. About half of us uh, online. How many of you guys are more than 75% done Christmas shopping? Uh, I'll, I'll, we're, I'll give you a little secret. We're, we're, very, we're very long ways, much muy big Grande, far away from being done Christmas shopping in our household. Uh, Sharon, Sharon actually said that she's 100% done. Um, Christy? Christy's in Nashville. I hope Nashville, hey, I hope that it's uh, warmer and drier than it is here in Oregon. As you're not surprised, it's December and it's raining and cold. Um, we're just glad you guys joined us. I just want to take a moment to shout out and say, uh, I'm glad you guys are taking the time out. It's, it, it's, it's our honor to be able to spend some time with you wherever you are today, whether you're in the room or online. So here's the thing about this song, okay? Um, who can tell me if you're in the room, who can tell me the first line of Oh Come All You Faithful? But before you say it, okay, if you're online, here's the challenge for you if you're online. There's eight verses without Googling it. Whoever can write the most verses, okay, you get extra God points, okay? They're not real. We just made them up. They're completely arbitrary, and they have nothing to do with your salvation or where you're going to be in heaven but I'll give you extra God points. If you, whoever can fill out the most of the eight verses. Okay, so here we go. In the room, in the room, who, who can tell me what's the first line of O Come All You Faithful? Yeah, okay, it's not a trick question. The first line of O Come All You Faithful. Oh, come all ye faithful. Yeah! 
Uh, you guys have heard this song before. It's not new to you, right? It's not a trick. It's this symbol, right? It's this song. Oh, come, all you faithful. I did not expect for either services for that to be as hard as it turned out to be. Um, oh, come, all you faithful, joyful, and triumphant. And see, here's the, the weird thing about this song. We sing this song with full-throated celebration, right? Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, right? So, I don't know what that thing was, but um, it's forever now recorded online. So, um, oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. We sing this full-throated, right? Here's the thing I realized when I was looking at these lyrics. Do you, do you see the awkwardness about this? Uh, this song is an invitation. It's a beautiful song. Seven verses of beautiful, rich, deep theology. But it starts with this sentence here. Oh, come all you faithful. Joyful and triumphant. Do you see the awkwardness of our celebration of the song? Here's the thing. Let me, let, me, let me show it to you. This is an invitation to these people. Oh, come all ye faithful, uh, ye joyful and ye triumphant. We don't say it that way anymore, but that's the way it originally was written in the English translations. Here's the thing. As I sing these songs, these words, and I look at these words, I, I realized something as I was studying for this. Uh, this is an invitation. But according to, the invita according to the song, I'm not invited. Oh, come all ye faithful. Ye joyful and ye triumphant. You see, um, my, my following Jesus, my relationship with Jesus could be described in a lot of different ways. If you were to use a few phrases or words, it could be described in a lot of different ways. Um, we do this thing called Rooted. And if you haven't done Rooted, you should get signed up for Rooted next time it comes around sometime in 2021. And it's 10 weeks of us just doing life together. Doing life together and then, and then doing life together and doing what Jesus tells us to do. And, and here's the thing. We do what Jesus tells us. You know, we, we, we spend time in his word. We spend time praying alone. And together we spend time serving. We're generous, we worship, we celebrate, all these things that Jesus tells us to do. And then we're shocked when God shows up and does amazing and miraculous things, right? But part of Rooted, one of the things that we do in Rooted is we ask you to learn to tell your story in two to three minutes, right? And, and I've gone through it several times. And so if I was to sum up my story in like a sentence, not two to three minutes, but in a sentence, I would say something to you like this. I would say, um, my story... Is, is a story of despite times in my life when I had chosen to try and rebel against God, to push away from God, to run from God, that despite all of those efforts, that he has remained faithful. You see, here's the thing. My story, I don't know about you, but my story is not a story of unwavering faithfulness. It's not even, if I, if I can be honest and transparent as I stand here on a stage preaching, it's not even a story of unwavering faith. There have been plenty of times in my life where I've wrestled with questions and struggled with doubts and struggled with my faith. And, and, and if there had been a prayer in those seasons, which sometimes there weren't even a prayer in those seasons, if there had been a prayer, it probably would have sounded a lot more like the guy who stood before Jesus and said this, help my unbelief. You see, the song is the celebration of this invitation to come to the most, one of the most beautiful moments in all of human history. 
God himself, Eugene Peterson wrote it this way when he was, when he was translating scriptures. He, he said that, that God put on flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. Uh, John tells it this way, that he came and dwelt amongst us. I mean, just think of the riches of that statement that, that, that what's happening, Scripture tells us that Jesus is emptying himself of everything that it means to be God. And he comes and he dwells, he lives, he rubs shoulders amongst us. And this song is this joyous celebration, inviting us to come to that moment, to come and see that moment of, of God, the advent of God coming amongst his people, a moment that changes all of human history. That we literally count our calendars from the moment before and the moment after. It changed our understanding of God. It pivoted our relationship with him. Everything changed in that one beautiful moment. And this song is this really great, boisterous, joyful celebration inviting us to come. But when I look at the words, I'm not sure the invitation of the song is for me. Oh, come all ye faithful joyful and triumphant. See, here's the thing, here's the thing about um, being joyful. I, I, um, I tend to be a pretty optimistic person. Some of you might describe me as annoyingly optimistic, right? Just grind on your nerves because everything's sunny and nice and good and beautiful and fun. And Sean goes from, this is how some people have described me, Sean goes from one fun activity to the next, leaving no time for boredom or disappointment, right? Uh, this is my, but, but even, even this year, because I don't know about you, but I lived through 2020, wasn't the most life-giving year, Okay. My staff, if you, if you ask them a phrase that I've said quite a bit that they may tell you I've said quite a bit too is uh, I've, I've actually begun saying this. Um, you know, I, I used to think I was an optimist. And then 2020 happened. And I don't know about you, but if the invitation to come and see Jesus is for those who are faithful and for those who are joyful to come and see the hope of the world, as this song proclaims, I'm not sure that I'm invited. Actually, I'm pretty sure I'm not. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. If you were to write a list of words that you use, like maybe you do this at year end or going into a next year, you write a list of words that you, that you want to identify this year by, right? If you were to write a list of words that you would identify 2020 with, how many of you would write triumphant? None of us, right? Not a one of us, not a one of us would be like 2020, joy-filled, triumphant. I felt victorious and conquered all the struggles of my life. No, no. But this song is an invitation. And it's an invitation for those who are joyful and faithful and triumphant. And, and I'm pretty positive that that invitation, according to the song, is not for me. And, and I don't know all of you real well, but I could guess it's probably not for you either if this is the bar. Faithful, joyful, and triumphant. So it made me wonder, like, what are we singing? Oh, come everybody else. I am not invited. 
we singing? And to be honest, I have no clue. There's no story. I poured through this, 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 uh, this in, the, in the Latin and in the, all the stories I can find. I have no clue why we sing this song with this first verse. Because it is an invitation for the faithful, the joyful, and the triumphant. And I know that that's not me. That's probably not you. You see, there's so many problems with this first verse. There's seven other great, beautiful verses of the song. And the invitation, but, but the problem is, the problem with this verse here, right here, this verse here, is um, th- this thing right here that we call a Bible. Because you see, the invitation according to Scripture, the good news, the, celebrate, the thing we celebrate in Christmas is not the invitation to the faithful, the joyful, and the triumphant. The invitation that we celebrate in Christmas, the good news of Christmas, the reason that all the heavens rejoiced is because we are invited to come to the one who is faithful and joyful and triumphant in all things. These words are the words that scripture uses to describe Jesus himself. It says in 2 Timothy 2.13, that if we are faithless, this is one of my favorite verses. I love it. If we are faithless, he remains. Say this with me. He remains faithful. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Second Thessalonians 3 says this. The Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Psalm 91 says this. His faithfulness will be your shield. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 119 says this, your faithfulness continues through all generations. This is what the psalmist is trying to say, that he is always, forever, completely, without question, faithful. And then I love the simplicity of way 1 Corinthians, the way Paul writes to the church at Corinth. Just this. I mean, could there be anything more simple and clear about the God that we worship? God is faithful, period. In fact, in the Greek, it's actually just two words right here. God, by his nature, is faithful, period. You see, in the birth of Jesus, we are not in, not, it is not that the faithful are invited to come to Jesus, but we are invited to come to the one who is always faithful. You see, my story is not one of unwavering faith, but his is. It is the celebration of so many meals and festivals throughout generations and services and holidays throughout generations is the reminder that he is always faithful. As he was, he will be. You see, if if what's actually going on is there's an invitation for you and I to draw near to the one who's always faithful, that... That is something that I am in desperate need of. In Jesus' birth, we're invited to draw near not only the one who's always faithful, but to the one who embodies joy. Psalm 16 says this, you fill me with joy in your presence. Uh, First Chronicles 16 says this, for all the gods of the nations are idols. I love this. 
the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. John 15, Jesus says these words, I have told you this so that my, say this with me, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Romans 15, 13 says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Galatians 5, 22. Galatians 5 has what we call the fruits of the spirits. It's, it's, it's what happens when God's in you. It's what happens when you're in the presence of God. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit is this. Prominently, the second statement is love, joy. And then it goes on. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, the presence, the evidence of the presence of God in your life is that he fills you with joy, not happiness. You see, one of the things that we've learned in 2020 is that we can do a pretty good job at manufacturing happiness that can numb our boredom or disappointment with life. But as one pastor said, happiness has to do with happenings, but joy is Jesus. And the invitation that we have in the, in the Christmas message, in the good news of the gospel, is that we're invited, despite our happenings, despite our circumstances, to come to the one who embodies the fullness of joy and goodness. In Jesus' birth, we're invited to join, to draw near to the one who is always faithful, to the one who embodies joy, and to the one who triumphs in all things. 1 Corinthians 15 says this, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It says this in 1 John 5, 4, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes, is triumphant over the world. And this is the victory that, that has overcome the world, our faith. Romans 8, 37, it says this, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We are triumphant through him who loved us. You see, the invitation of scripture, the invitation of the Christmas message is not one for the faithful and the joyful and the triumphant to come. In fact, Jesus says it this way. He says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. It's not the faithful and the joyful and the triumphant. It's not the people who have it all together. It's not the people who figured it all out. It's not the people who by their grit or their discipline or their devotion or their practices can endure all hardship, but rather those who are destitute and broken and weary and bitter and angry and sick and hurt and aching. These are those who are invited to come to see he who is faithful in all things, to see he who embodies joy, to see he who triumphs in all things. The good news of Christmas is that he has come. It's an invitation for you. It's an invitation for you to come no matter what you look like, no matter what you've done, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're feeling, no matter the angst, the brokenness, the weariness, the heartache you experience, to come just as you are. So, so it made me wonder, right? 
I, I hope that in some ways I've completely crushed your hope and joy in singing this song ever again. Completely ruined the tradition. Uh, I had another pastor tell me this week, he said, you, you know, be careful. He said, some people, you know, that's really, that's really important to some people. And I said, I know I bring great joy in disappointing people. Anyways, <laughs> uh, um, it made me wonder, what, 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 would, what, would it, what would it look like to sing this song in a way that reflected scripture? Now, here's the deal. Uh, um, I am mediocrely um, good at a few things, and then everything else cascades off from there, okay? So uh, one of the things that I'm not mediocrely good at, in fact, I have absolutely zero experience at, is songwriting. Zero. I don't know if you know this. I'm not a musical person. I cannot keep rhythm. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Shh, don't tell anyone. When I'm at church and we're clapping, people are clapping, you know how I clap? I watch someone else clapping. Because I can't keep a rhythm myself. And if I sing and I just look at the band, I get off and then I'm the idiot over there going. <laughs> right? So I, <laughs> anyways, it's not in my notes, which is why it's not in my notes. You guys all realize now. Anyways, so here's what, here's what I thought. What would it look like if we wrote this song so, so, so bear with me. Here, what, if, what if instead, what if the song said this? Oh, come all ye broken, weary and dejected. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. You see, this, this is the good news we celebrate. Not that the faithful, the joyful, the triumphant, not that those who have it together, not that those who have figured it out, not that those who have uh, taken care of themselves, not that those who look good on Instagram posts are invited, but those who are broken and busted and weary, rejected and angry and bitter, alone and hurting, those are the ones that Jesus invites to come to find life and to find hope, to find goodness, to find comfort, and to find peace. But the good news of Christmas is not just that you're invited to come see this miraculous and beautiful moment or reminded of this beautiful and miraculous truth that God became a man and he emptied himself, but that God wants to do something in you that God wants to restore and transform and change you to look more like him. Hebrews 12 tells us that we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or, or the author and perfecter of our faith. That is, if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, he will transform the broken, rebellious parts deep in our soul, that the invitation to us when we lack joy is again to be reminded to come near to, as, as I said to the, the, the shepherds in the field in Luke 2, it says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will, be, that will cause great 
joy for all the people. <laughs> I just, I love this phrase right here. Great joy. There's something expressive about joy that, that means it's great anyways, isn't it? Right? Like when you, when you talk about joy, you're not kind of like, well, I mean, that person's kind of joyful. Right? It's not like, there's no like little bit of joy. Like joy is one of those things that like, it's just like always, you just like, I'm joyful. Right? Like you can't be like, I'm joyful. Right? And, but the, look at what the writer said. The angel said, that cause great joy. Right? Like, like all of heaven celebrate and rejoice. Great joy for all the people, for the whole world. Great joy. This is the good news. Not that you have to have it together, not that you have to have it figured out, but that you are invited to come to see Jesus, a person and a truth that will change the whole world and will cause great joy because of his goodness and his grace and his mercy. And lastly, in the presence of Jesus, we are declared triumphant. Not only do we get to be transformed, not only does Jesus do a work in our heart that draws us close to him and makes us look more like him, not only as we draw close to Jesus does more and more joy exude from us as we come close to the one who is joy, but also because of Jesus, we are declared triumphant. Romans 8, we looked at earlier, it says, in all things we are more than conquerors, not because of your good works, not because of your effort, not because you're straining, not because of a clean record, not because of any of those things, but we are more than conquerors through him because of Jesus, because of his death and resurrection, because of life in him. We are sons and daughters. And maybe today, maybe today you need to hear this for the very first time, that the invitation of Jesus, the celebration of Christmas is not to those who have it all together. It's not to those who are joyful and triumphant and faithful and, and good and kind and gracious and peaceful. It's not to those people. The good news of Christmas, the celebration, the invitation of Christmas is to the broken and downtrodden and the weary and the tired. And if you find yourself today angry and bitter and hurting and broken and rejected and alone, the invitation to you today is to come to the one who is triumphant, who is joyful, and who is, who is uh, faithful in all things. Maybe, maybe today, maybe you've already come into the family of God, been declared a son or a daughter of God. Maybe today you just need that reminder because I don't know about you, but we are, we, we are an incredibly forgetful people. It's why we gather every single week because it doesn't take months or years for us to forget this truth. We have to come back every single week and be reminded that he is good and kind and gracious, that all of our hope and all of our joy and all of our peace and all of our lives find meaning and vitality in him alone. So this morning, if you find yourself feeling less than, feeling rejected, feeling broken, feeling less than joyful, less than faithful, and less than triumphant. Come, come to Jesus, for this is the good and true, beautiful invitation of our Christmas story.